You're listening to Subconscious Mind Mastery Podcast number 67. Hello, Thomas Miller here, and I'm excited. Today, we're going to talk about something that I've been wanting to talk about for a long time. What we're going to discuss is... What in the world? (laughs) The phone's ringing. Hang on. Hello, Thomas Miller. Thomas, Armand Asadi, how are you? <laughs> oh my goodness, Armand, we connected finally. Finally, finally. I have seen you just bouncing all over the place. Life is taking you in all these different exciting directions. What's going on, man? <laughs> well, that is for sure. I'll tell you. You know, we've been, you and I have been trying to connect for what? Three weeks, I think, something three, like yeah, that. Yeah, two and a half, three weeks. And, like and so my apologies, but yes, every, I mean, it's just life exploded really from about the time that we um, set this interview for the first time back in March. Maybe that's a secret. Maybe I should book more interviews with you. Because, <laughs> totally. <laughs> because life has just kind of gone nuts for me mm. since uh, since we booked that original call. And yes, I've been traveling a lot with with uh, my day job, um, which I still have. So, <laughs> and it you know it's kind of funny because um, as as you and I have communicated by email. I was really thinking that uh, that life was going to take me in a certain direction and it was going to happen really right now, that we'd be in the middle of it right now here in April and May. And, uh, and you know, this is, this is why I love Fred Dodson's analogy of the river. If you just are floating down the river and you don't hold on to the oars too tightly, then you let the river direct you where it wants to take you and you're okay with it and that's really what happened i thought i was going over here the river had something else in mind and you know i'm still i mean i think everybody i'm most people not everybody but most people a lot of us have that desire to have a website like yours why i left dot 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 fill in the blank right <laughs> yours happens to be catchy because it was google and uh, and by the way, if, since we're kind of uh, since you caught me by uh, right in the middle of my podcast, there actually uh, your website is whyileftgoogle.com. Perfect. Yeah, not <laughs> so, too hard to remember. And we'll we'll get into that. We'll talk about that. And we want an update oh, yeah, totally. from uh, from what's going on in your world too. What's uh, what's happening for you? But uh, you know, I think we all have that desire to uh, have our own financial independence and our own freedom. And and uh, I know you've been traveling around the world, and we'll get a glimpse into that too. But you know, sometimes life just has its ways, and. Mm-hmm. When you think you're headed one direction, but yet uh, not holding that tightly, and the direction changes, then I'll tell you what I did is I just snapped in and changed with the direction. So I'm doing right now, I'll tell you what I'm doing, is everything I love. So it's basically in the area of corporate marketing, but I'm doing everything that I love and enjoy. So uh, we're doing some audio products. Mm -hmm. We've gotten into a lot of video and I've learned now, you know, I used to produce television for almost 20 years of my life, but I wow. I stopped doing that back when the equipment was still tape-based. And, of course, now everything is digital, and, and most of the videos that we watch are done on a phone. You know, they're recorded on, mm-hmm. a, on a phone. 
But I've gotten into that and kind of learned this new way of doing it. And so we bought one of these Canon, what is it, uh, SLR, the D70 model camera. Uh-huh. It's like a SLR camera. Right. But it's great because I can kind of look like a tourist and whatnot, and I've got a wireless mic over on our CEO, and we're recording stuff. And I was at a meeting with some congressmen the other night, and actually one of the high-ranking officials in the U.S. House of Representatives was at this meeting. And our CEO just walked up and started talking to him, and the mic picked up both sides of the conversation, and his staff didn't even know that we had just interviewed him. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you do it. Because <laughs> they, they don't like that. you know. Yeah, they don't like those yeah. kinds of things. But, we yeah, we got the interview with the congressman, and they didn't even know. They thought we were just taking pictures. <laughs> but, yeah, everybody's shooting on DSLRs these days, doing all video through that. So we're doing that. I'm doing a ton of writing. And so it's just, you know, the, the, the cool part is it's everything that I love. Love to do and yeah, I mean traveling the world. I was in L.A. last week, and uh, I guess th- is that where you are now? San Francisco. You're in San Francisco. It's my you know home base. Yeah. Well, I was in L.A. for uh, spent the weekend out there and recorded a podcast while we were out there, number sixty six, and then took the red eye on Monday out to New York, and I kind of that was kind of funny because you know when you're young like you are and you can move and go and. Then when you get to that point later on and you start to realize, hmm, where, when am I really going to feel 55? <laughs> Take a red eye. <laughs> yeah. So it gets worse is what you're telling me. <laughs> yeah. Just it's take a, a red eye. Uh, oh, so yeah. it's good that when you called that you actually caught me awake. You know, it's like uh, still kind of tired from that. But And then I'm going to London next week. And then uh, I think back to, I don't know, New York. And I'm not, it's just, the schedule is absolutely crazy. And I think there's going to be a, a Middle Eastern trip to Dubai and Kuwait coming up in May. So. Whoa. That's a big one. Yeah, so wow. that's so it's so it's essentially just a big mix of travel with you this this work that you're doing, but it's actually aligned with all of the ways in which you find fulfillment in your work. It, it sounds like. isn't that wild. Yeah, it is because sometimes we think we're headed in a certain direction and we're very dead set on that being the path to fulfillment and really kind of being in that state of that's the work we want to do. But it's it really is interesting sometimes how. Another opportunity creeps in, and if we choose to resist it, then we're almost stagnant. Then you're in limbo in between two different things. But as you said, you just kind of whoop snapped into place and decided to to flow down a different stream, and uh, and now you're moving 100 miles an hour, which is great. <laughs> yeah. great. At some point, you have to stop. I, you know, it's a little bit out of balance right now, mm-hmm. but it's finite. I know exactly where the um, where the window is when it stops, and then actually. Uh, with some emails that transcribe that transpired actually this morning, it looks like that I'll have uh, a pretty cool thing lined up for the summer. So we'll see how that unfolds as well. But yeah, it's uh, it definitely was not what I expected. So question for you then, because you kind of knew that uh, you know your point at Google, and people can go back and listen to the other podcasts of why I left Google, because that's really what tells your story. We'll get updated now, but just go back to that. And um, how determined was it? Were you were you holding on tightly, or was it just that everything kind of fell into your lap? Like this is the threshold that I'm supposed to step across now. The latter. For yeah. sure. Okay. Um, it's interesting because, you know, I was deathly afraid of ever working for myself. 
you know, even the word self-employed scared me. You know, entrepreneur was too big of a word and still is for a lot of people. And so, you know, just the idea of being a solopreneur, as I call it, which was something that inspired me and really kind of gave me this this new definition to what an entrepreneur in this new modern digital age can be. That was a lot more appealing, but it totally fell into my lap. And the way that it fell into my lap was, well, first of all, it's not like I never had, I always had these dreams of doing my own thing. I always had these dreams of having that type of freedom and creativity in my own work. But I avoided it. I was afraid of it. I, I wasn't ready for it. I always thought later, later, in the future, you'll know when. And when the time came that it was like now is the time, I was a little thrown off because as I was thinking of leaving Google, I first looked at other opportunities. I looked at other opportunities in different teams within Google. Then I looked at opportunities outside of Google and I just kept getting either shut down or disappointed with the work that I would have been doing. So it was either me going like, there is no way I can do this. <laughs> like that's just not going to happen. Or I would literally go and there was some sort of intervention there would, that could, that would happen. I actually have this insane story about an interview where I just froze up and I'm a communicator. I'm very verbal, very imaginative as kind of, that's just my nature more on the verbal side. And that something like that has never happened to me. I've told my friends this story and they all laugh because they're like, you froze up. You had nothing to say. And I was like, yeah. And it's just this, I don't know, divine intervention is one way to look at it. And, and possibly what exactly it was that really just showed up and prevented me from taking a step down the wrong path. All of a sudden I'm left with, I've exhausted my options. And then I remember saying to my girlfriend, hmm, I think I might need to give this a shot. I think now might be the time. And the first moment that that idea even crossed my mind, I finally accepted it and it became real. It became real and I started taking steps in that direction. And when I started taking those steps, I burned the boats. I went all in. Isn't um, that funny how that, how that transpires? Mm-hmm. Very. <laughs> it's how, really funny. How that door, I mean, that was the, again, the river was directing you in that path. Yeah. And yeah. really, had you taken the other options, you know, had you grabbed the oars and like, I'm I not leaving the security, yes. right? I don't, I need that health insurance. I want that 401k, those benefits, you know, got to have that security of knowing that, I've, that there's something there tomorrow. And yet you were literally being pulled into yeah. this direction. How much, um, go back to what we talk about on subconscious mind mastery, how much subconsciously had you set this up that you were going to be independent and traveling around the world my whole life <laughs> oh well no wonder it happened uh, <laughs> <laughs> well okay <Yeah>. then <laughs> my whole damn life like just the whole thing yeah um i have been a non-conformist for as long as i can remember uh and it didn't always serve me and um it was difficult at times, but I had dreams of what I wanted to do and I had ideas of what that life would look like and there was no guidance and no leadership and no nothing. And then different things kind of came out of the woodwork, different books, different guides, different leaders that I started to learn from and get ideas of what I would do, but I really had to self-create what I'm doing. And uh, I've, I've had the intention for as long as I can remember, probably from my you know early teenage years, just I remember really being excited about working. 
and making money for myself and putting it in my pocket, I mean, I did everything. As soon as it was legal to work in California at the age of 14, I went and got a job. <laughs> and then I did things under the table before 14 just wow. to earn my own cash. Wow. But I didn't want the job. I wanted the independence and freedom that came with it. And I remember during those times just like getting the, the bad bosses and getting, you know, the micromanagement and just thinking to myself, this is only temporary. This is only temporary. Play the game, work your way up, and that time will come where the door will open for you. And it came at a time that I didn't expect it. And it always does. Everything happens that way. It either happens much sooner than you ever expected or the struggle is longer than you ever intended. And when you finally let go, the door opens, Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. which is wild. It's really wild. So the intention was always there and it's never too late or too early. You know, it's never sometimes these things can manifest so quickly. There are so many examples in my life of of things even as since becoming an entrepreneur that I intended to create and I have within weeks. Um, and then other times there's this big move like actually making the transition and becoming an entrepreneur that took years. Yeah, right. That, that gestation period, you know, sometimes it does happen fast. Mm-hmm. And we love the fast, you know, we love when it clicks in, right? We love when it clicks in and then sometimes when it doesn't, it's like, oh, you wish that it would move faster. Yeah, but it's like when you look back, I wouldn't have the story I have. I wouldn't have the experiences I have. I wouldn't be able to teach people the things that I have from my experiences without having gone through that period. It, all, <laughs> it was all part of the process. Yeah, it all fits. Exactly. That's exactly right. When you look back, it all fits. Well, tell us some of the things that you've been doing lately. I know you were just in Chile not long ago. Uh, yeah, I took a three-day trip. To Chile, to Santiago, just nice and quick. Maybe it was like three, four, something like that. And uh, just super quick trip down there. Um, it was just a place I wanted to go visit. I'd heard that there was good jazz music everywhere and just good people. And it was beautiful. It was wonderful. It was beautiful. Um, just a mix of culture, just everything about it, the variety of it, the landscape was just awesome. And, you know, for me, these trips are very significant in the sense that they symbolize my lifestyle, my mm-hmm. freedom lifestyle. And that's what I what I do for me. You know, the way I talk about it in my community on my site at the blog is that, you know, a, a freedom lifestyle doesn't necessarily have to involve, you know, my style of living and travel and wanting to be able to be anywhere at any time and still continue to run my business and, and do my work. Um, but it can. And for me, it does. And that's very fulfilling for me. For me, it's a sense of this wonderlust, this freedom of being able to do that and know that I can go to sleep and the business will not break and money will continue coming in. And it's all part of that process of being able to be anywhere and wanting to set it up that way from the very beginning. I didn't want to be rooted into any one place. I think, you know, different time, different types of people have different types of needs in it. And one for me has always been variety. Variety is a need for me, you know, in my life. So it works. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm totally with you and hear you on that, and that's one of the reasons. I, that was one of the things that I was looking forward to is to be able to do that at, like you're doing it. But I'm getting the variety; it's just somebody else is paying for it right now. Yeah, which is not a bad thing at not all. Not a bad gig. <laughs> not at all. Um, no, and I tell I tell friends and a lot of people in the community, readers, that all the time. You know, there are different ways to meet these needs um, and, and they may come in, in forms that you don't expect them. Right. And so it's a matter of just accepting that 
asking yourself if you're aligned in what you're doing and your work and you're growing and as long as you're growing and having fun, what's the problem? Mm-hmm. You know, but it's where people accept what they don't want to be doing and they lie to themselves and say that, you know what, it's okay, I'm making a dollar so that when I'm off work or when I'm done doing that task, I can enjoy my life. Now I can enjoy my time and kick my feet up at the end of the day. That's that's garbage. That's not how life should be. That's not that's not the truth. That's not what you really want deep down. You don't want to trade your time for for money and have a little bit of time left over to relax. Nobody wants that. You have to be in line with your work. It just it has to be that way. Now, when you say why I left Google, you're obviously telling your story. Yeah, a lot of it is my story, but the main themes, you know, the tagline of the site is uh, solopreneurship and the freedom lifestyle. And I try to always keep the content under that umbrella of things related to business, online business, solopreneurship, related to freedom lifestyle, mindset, uh, travel, personal growth, uh, anything along those lines. But really, it ultimately comes down to doing work that matters, that is your personal craft, that falls within what I call your confluence. And really, that's just the intersection between your passion what the world needs, um, and your unique genius. And as long as that's aligned, it's about actually contributing to the world. A lot of people become entrepreneurs to take care of themselves and get freedom for themselves. I like to take it a step further and remind people that this is about uh, creating real value in the world. So I try to write about these topics. I try to create videos around these topics. But one thing that is happening more lately is that – I'm accepting the fact that a lot of the writing that wants to come through me isn't always exactly about that. And I tend to have to dismiss a lot of those thoughts and journal them. Or sometimes I even don't journal them. And I feel that that is a – I think that's really detrimental to my creative process. I think I should be allowing those things to come out and it should be part of who I am and my brand and my journey. And so one of the shifts that I've made lately – is that all I really want to do is learn and teach. I want to read books, consume information, go through programs, and synthesize that for people. That is my natural you know, way of working through the information. When I write, I'm discovering what I know. And so I've shifted a little bit more into, you know, one of my recent posts was about uh, Robert Greene's Mastery. And I created a a video about it. I created a post about it. And that was my interpretation of that book. And so starting to be more in line with that process of I'm out here learning, experiencing, and I'm going to share those experiences through this site. And what kind of market is there for that information? I would imagine it's huge. Yeah, the market, I mean, it's international, first of all. Um, It's it's. You know, using the internet or using a blog, it creates it, it drops the boundaries of how far your information can spread. But the information, a lot of it spreading is is related to marketing. You know, it's it's a lot of it comes down to marketing, um, and a lot of it also comes down to the quality of your work and uh, being able to actually get it into people's hands. A lot of experts out there often talk about how you can have the best content in the world, but if there's no eyeballs on it. Um, it's useless. It's it's going to be. It's going to feel like a personal hobby. And so, as a online business person or blogger or expert of any kind, you do have to focus a lot of your time on finding out where is my you know marketing persona. Where is that ideal reader of mine? 
and finding and understanding that and being able to reach them. So I do focus a lot of my time on partnerships and tapping into other people's audiences that have thoughts and ideas in line with my own and building those relationships with those people. And they are naturally sharing my content and bringing new people. It's podcasts. You know, yesterday I was a guest on the Solopreneur Hour which is one of the top business podcasts as well on the business side of things in podcasting. And that is an audience that is in line with my own and has a lot in common with my message. And so that's another method of just getting out there and getting your content out there. So there's, there's, it's, it's almost unlimited. It just depends on how you want to put your message out there. And being niche is actually a positive thing because then people are more attracted to a niche message. So let's just compare some things. Are you happier now than when you were at Google? Yes. <laughs> I was actually very um, happy during my time at Google. Very happy. I was uh, incredibly safe. Right. And um, carefree. And just taken care of. I felt very taken care of. I felt like the king of a castle. Just very taken care of. Um, but I am more fulfilled now. I was at literally walking down the street with a friend after a coffee work session yesterday. And he asked me that question. He said, Armand, do you ever consider going back to a nine to five, eight to five, whatever, and having that security? And I said, no. And he's like, come on, what are you talking about? Of course you do. And I said, yes, the thought crosses my mind. But I immediately realized that uh, it would be so temporary. I'd be dissatisfied very quickly. I have a bigger mission. You know, so in that sense, I'm happier. How is your health now compared to when you were there? Uh, I'm more conscious of my body. I'm more conscious of my fitness. But uh, the entrepreneur roller coaster in the first couple of years brought along a lot of different anxieties and uh, worries. You know, and, and you're constantly worried about what's next. Working through that time and understanding how to deal with those aspects of entrepreneurship has now evolved to having health better than ever. But I mean, there are still things that I think happen that remind me how I need to be in my day. You know, for example, uh, I recently had some neck and back things going on. And I realized that that was probably the result of sitting more than I've ever sat before for probably. 10 hours, 12 hours a day. So I shifted to a standing desk and things like that. So I'm more conscious of, of my health, I would say. Um, and nutrition wise too. I, I take a lot more care of myself. What about friendships, relationships, associations, that kind of thing? How does that compare now compared to when you were employed full time? They drastically changed. That is, that's a really great question, Thomas. Um, when I opened the door to self-directed learning and being in charge of my own reality and just kind of directing everything, the people that once were, you know, I, like I said, I was safe, right? So everything was a little bit easy and the conversations were easy and the friendships were easy. Now I literally purposefully look for people that are more, um, what is the word here? Um, they simply live in the same playing field of understanding how to be value creators, understanding how to um, understanding the same topics that we're even talking about now. You know, I can't have these conversations with 
the relationships and friends that I had before. And I still value those friendships very much. But it's a matter of realizing that in order for me to grow, I needed to change who I interacted with uh, drastically. And I have, and that has been one of the best parts of this journey, is the great people that I've met um, and then purposefully sought their uh, company. You know? you know, it really is funny. I, you know, we, we hear the point. We've talked about it on here is if you look around your life and you see who's in your life, that's what you're vibrating out. Totally, totally. And that's why I say it's such a great question is because I had to do that. And it actually naturally happened to where I was, I didn't like to do the things I used to do, you know, anymore. I just, I just didn't want to live the same life anymore. So last year in 2014, I went through what I'm kind of calling for myself as a year of solitude. And it was intentional. It was intentional solitude in order to really understand my craft and really fine tune it and understand who I am and the direction I wanted to go in. And now this year is kind of big with travel and going to conferences where I know I will meet these like-minded people and continue to now really establish that network of where I, you know, being a worldwide kind of just being open to the world and and wanting to be open to those relationships. It wasn't solitude in the sense of like, "Ah, I don't like anybody. It was an intentional period of of creativity. And so uh, now I realize, you know, and I, and I value how much those relationships matter and I'm out there looking for them more now, even so. All right. I'm honing in from the outside in. Now let me ask you a personal question. (laughs) So how is your business doing financially compared to when you were at Google? Oh, be- better than it ever has in these one, two, three. I'm coming up on three years in June. And one of the biggest shifts that I made about six months ago was I, well, maybe even a year ago, I stopped trying to do everything myself. And that is like the biggest problem an entrepreneur has is that they try to do everything themselves in order to be financially conservative and not outsource things or get help. And that actually shoots you in the foot more than you would realize. So that that was one shift I made. The second shift I made was I actually started to do more consulting work. I took what I knew And what I was learning and started to create value for other people for free and then began to get paid for it. So one of the biggest sources of income for me right now um, is that consulting work. It's both my mentoring program of bringing people under my wing and coaching them one on one, but then going to other experts, people that are even more beyond where I am in order for me to receive their mentorship is one way to look at it. And the second aspect of it is that I have something they don't and I'm able to help them and get compensated for it. It's like the, it's, it's the best thing ever because they're more experienced than me. I'm learning about things that I don't know about. They're getting my expertise in areas uh, that, you know, they need my help, whether it be content creation or product launch strategy or anything like that. And then here I am at the same time getting compensated for it. So most recently, I've been working with a very good friend of mine, Chad Moretta of uh, App Empire. He's a best-selling author and founder of uh, AppEmpire.com. And now working together, we're putting together a boot camp to help entrepreneurs. And that has been incredibly lucrative and successful. 
Um, so better than ever. <laughs> so it grow. It just keeps growing and growing and growing. Like you say, you're you're coming up almost on three years in. Yeah, yeah. I would say the first year and a half was definitely tough, and I tried to act like it wasn't. I tried to live the same lifestyle, and the mistake that I made was not sacrificing. It's important to sacrifice and and actually shed the old weight and realize that you can't live the way you used to in order to make room for the new lifestyle and the new path. And uh, that was a bit of, I wouldn't call it a mistake, but it was just a learning. You know, it was a process of understanding that. And I've written about that extensively for people so that they don't make that same error. That is a big, big, big bingo you hit right there is not only if you're thinking about leaving your Google that you need to be socking away money ahead of this, mm-hmm. right? You should, as as Armand just mentioned, most people say have a year in the bank. You would probably advocate have two, that you just don't have to worry about it. Yeah, that and not needing to just jump off the bridge like I did. <laughs> you know, like people always ask, like, why did you do that? I'm like, well, I think that was the only way I was ever going to take action at that point. You know, it just, it happened, right? It yeah. was pulling yeah. And that's the scariest part about it. I was like, but I don't have a plan. I don't know how I'm going to do this. And But I knew that that was, for me personally, the way that would work. Well, And, and I knew it would be more difficult, but I knew it would work for me. Um, so different so, for everybody. So here's a little bit of meat. I mean, here's what here's an exercise that people could do. And this is, this is probably what you did. It's what I've been doing. Um, when this change, this perceived change, started to um, look a little bit more obvious – I got on a uh, Google Drive spreadsheet. Google Drive spreadsheet. There you go. Plug in your plug in your old product line. There, there you go. Um, and I got on there and started to get my arms around everywhere money was going out. First of all, you got to look at where it's coming from. Of course, usually that's for most people one, two, three, four sources. And then looked at everything that was going out, listed out all the categories, reconciled it with the last six months of bank statements, so I knew exactly where I stood. And then started to do some columns of scenarios. Okay, how much? What about this reduction of expenses and income coming from these sources? Mm-hmm. And and did another one and cut it down some more. When you do that line by line, and you see exactly where everything is going out, and then you just start to eliminate. You go, okay, well, you know what? I could do away with that one. I could eliminate that one, and I started shutting things down. And tightening it up. And what was empowering from that is that I have enough sources of residual and passive income. The audiobooks, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's monthly income. Well, that goes in the category. And when I added all those up and started to really get mastery over those expenses, then the really cool thing was I was in a position where it could go either way and I would be okay. So in other words, the expenses could come down tight enough that the residual income would almost have gotten me there. It was like I needed one more little thing, not that much, really, just a couple of thousand dollars a month, not that much. Boom, I would have been just fine. So yeah, that- and when you're all in on something, I mean, that is so that that part becomes so easy. The problem is most people don't take the time to do what you just said, and that's brilliant because that's all it takes. It's a little bit of financial kind of just backing into the different scenarios and just seeing what's possible. And it's, it's a lot in that sense, that aspect is a lot easier than people think because once you're focused on that new venture or that new direction in your life, I mean, especially, 
you know, luckily for us here in the U.S., there are so many opportunities to make additional income right. in so many creative ways. Right. And so, yeah, it's all about that's another thing for me, too. I totally agree. It's just these multiple streams of income. I don't actually know how many I have. Uh, I should probably sit down and really count and know that off the top of my head. But, you know, it's like a digital course on Udemy and then the mentoring program and then consulting work. And then, you know, affiliate advertising, affiliate um, uh, sales through my blog. And then it's the email list and how lucrative that is. Anytime I want to promote a partner, they'd be willing to give me, you know, a split of commission there. Or it's the video I created on how to create a website and that brings an income. And it's just all these different things that I'm able to measure on a monthly basis that continue to work for me even while I'm not working for them. Now, that is cool. And then, like you said, those things are ringing the register overnight, and that's when you can go to Chile and not worry about it. Come back. Everything's in order. (laughs) That's right. That's right. And I'm going to Italy for two weeks. Um, I leave tonight for New York. Oh, my. And then headed to Italy as well. So, yeah, I'm even going to be putting on a webinar, you know, a virtual kind of workshop, and I'm going to do that from abroad and I have you know you have to be willing to do these types of things as you travel it's not pure vacation mode with flip-flops um, but you know you, just as long as you're willing to do have that kind of lifestyle um, it's very it's very doable it's very doable now you home base let's talk about this for a second you home base in San Francisco right yes. have you yes. ever thought about doing away with a home base and just completely going suitcase somehow um, that lifestyle would not be for me, but there are many people, yeah, that, that do do that. I, I love having a home base. Um, I love having a life at home in a community and, um, you know, I also have family here. I have a girlfriend here and so I can't be completely off, uh, off throughout the world, but I meet my needs perfectly by being able to travel and come home and rest my head on that old familiar pillow. I like I like that. <laughs> you like that part. You know, you know my buddy Fred Dodson, he travels around a lot and basically um I asked him a little bit of his style of how he does it. He packs a very lean suitcase and says as long as he has his cell phone and a laptop, he can about go anywhere and doesn't check bags on the plane and that's why you'll find him wow. in in Phoenix one day and Kuwait the the next and he goes to Dubai and Saudi Arabia and New York and all over the place and that's it's kind of the same type of thing yeah that's incredible you know he keeps a a small little place in germany because he has roots in germany and speaks german and translates german but yeah same kind of thing probably just a little bit more out there uh, going into a community finding a place to live and then planting it there for three four five months yeah, there's a massive community of what they're calling themselves kind of digital nomads, um, you know, and, and they're they're moving to places across the world, setting up shop there, staying for a few months, a year, or they're even more transient and they're going from place to place constantly, just backpack and, and laptop. And that's really all you need. I mean, I've seen it done many, many times. It's, it's definitely a, it's a pretty common reality for a lot of people that are in that space. All right. Let uh, me let me throw you a question out that I'll bet you hear a lot and deal with at these conferences. Now, you just listed the various sources of income that you are getting, and that's something that you've been building and formulating. But Mm -hmm. I would imagine one of the biggest questions you get of people who have not left Google yet, but they're thinking about it is, Armand, how can I make money online? (laughs) 
what do you what do you tell them um I tell them to go read my article on the 15 top solopreneur businesses and solopreneur online businesses. I, I usually tell them to start there. And I also like to get them to not ask that question because um, I think it's the wrong question. I think that uh, it's the most common question, like sure, you said. Sure, certainly. It's the one that people spend the most time on. But the answer to that question is, uh, that's like asking what's the universe. It's We can go on and on and on and on. I mean, it's literally endless what people do. Some people flip domain names. Some people... <laughs> Uh, some people podcast and get sponsorships. Some people, you know, have online courses. Some people uh, do nothing but make, you know, websites that uh, get paid for ads. Some people just have blogs about health and nutrition and uh, accept donations. You know, like look at Brain Pickings, right? Have you heard of that one? I have not. Brainpickings.org. Um, oh, Maria Popova. What a fantastic. Oh, yeah writer yeah um yeah she's you know she accepts donations she started she even says i'm writing for myself this is for me and uh i'm just letting you watch letting you read along so the answer the question is the wrong question the right question is what's your true confluence what's your true what's that intersection between who you are deep down the kind of work you really do want to achieve mastery in Play the long game. Don't go looking for the first golden dollar. Because I can give you a list of not just 15 online businesses. I can give you hundreds. But that's not the answer you need. That would be really irresponsible of me to just give you a list of businesses and have you look at them and go, boom, that's the one I'm going to do. You're going to go make some money. But then you're going to be at square one again in a couple of years. And I'm telling you this from experience <laughs> because when I started, I just tried to do whatever it took to to be on my own. I, you know, kind of got myself stuck in the um, I created a product, uh, an information product, a digital course on email management and productivity. And I realized that the most successful people are the ones that go all in on one thing, like subconscious mind mastery. That's my thing. And then they go all in on that and they build a brand around it. And I didn't want to build a brand around being an email guy. So I, you know, had to shift a year and a half into working for myself. I had to shift massively. And then the nice thing was the one constant I had was the blog, the YLF Google blog. So that's been a constant. That's the epicenter of everything I do. All my efforts are directed back to that. And so whatever you decide to do needs to be in line with that purpose first, what you want to achieve mastery in. In my case, I decided it took a while, but I realized, you know what? I'm a writer and a teacher. That's what I want to do. Hmm. That's who I am. Hmm. I consume information. I teach it. I do that through writing, through coaching, through uh, videos, and we'll see what else. But that's, that's it. That's how I, that's my filter for what I do. Now, how do I make income? That's the question. That's the point at which you ask that question. And then you explore with a more narrow uh, lens into what those possibilities are. Foc so, focused perspective. Yes. Yes. I really do try to get people to not 
ask that question or to or to ask a different question of themselves though because that's the one thing that's blocking them and it's actually the wrong question because they they first need to identify people are in this in this day and age you know something i'm exploring right now and i'm really passionate about is the disillusionment that so many people have these you know so-called uh, disillusioned rock stars in a way they they have so much potential we all have this potential to do great things in our work, whether it be for a company or for yourself, it doesn't matter. But it's what drives that fulfillment, not what can I do to make a buck to then have some freedom in my spare time on the weekends and that two weeks vacation a year I get as an American. <laughs> you know, it's like that that's what some people settle for. Sure. Uh, absolutely. So. Most. Ninety five percent. Yes. Statistically. What's the? I, I often think I often kind of take a cosmic view on this. What is the point of all that? What? Why are you here? You know, it's like what if if we really truly are here to just experience what we want and create what we want for ourselves, which I believe that's the case. Uh, but that's the first door people need to open, and then the second one becomes well, if that's the case. Why am I doing these? Why am I settling for these things that I, I truly don't want in my life? And that's why there's a slippery slope with self-directed learning and self-employment or really anything where the first door is you open the door and you're fulfilled in your work. Then everything changes. Like you said, the relationships, the, 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 just the whole thing, the whole package, the whole scenario changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it totally does. And you find fulfillment within that. Yes. And that's yes. the that's the really cool part is that yearning that everybody has for that fulfillment starts to get met. Right. As you've mentioned. Right. How can people find you social media wise? Because if you have a trip coming up to uh, to Italy, why uh, would imagine you'll be <laughs> sharing it. We could look in with you. Yeah. Yeah. I will be sharing a decent amount of it. Um and I do like photography, so I might have to post some pictures along the way. Yeah, you're pretty handy with it, too. Uh, yeah, I recently got this really cool uh, fisheye lens. Oh, good. Um, which, yeah, pretty pretty awesome. Takes some pretty cool photos. Wide angle. So, yeah, wide angle. <laughs> so, I mean, I uh, am active on Facebook. You can check out the Why I Left Google page. Um, I also have a personal page that you can follow, just Arman Asadi. And Twitter at Arman Asadi. But uh, the main way that I connect with people is actually not really social media. It's my newsletter. And so if you go to the blog at whyileftgoogle.com and just sign up for the newsletter, usually around once a week, I check in, I ask people how they're doing, I share a photo from where I'm at or whatever I'm doing and give them an update, tell them about new content on the blog. And that's really where I get personal with people. Awesome. It's, a, it's a lot more difficult to do that on social media for me. It is. Website is? Whyileftgoogle.com, just and like it sounds. It's yep. Arman Asadi. Yes. Very good. Buddy, I'm so glad you called. Now, I'm really glad I got a chance to connect with you, Thomas. <laughs> been, uh, it's been a while, and um, it's always a pleasure talking with like-minded folks. Long overdue, and yeah, we attracted each other. There's no doubt about that, and uh, I, I definitely want to continue to stay in touch with you because you are an inspiration for all of us who have that yearning to live that freedom lifestyle like you're doing and that you're writing about. Yeah, absolutely. And my main thing is I just love learning from people. You know, ultimately my work 
comes from better understanding people's desires, people's needs and wants in life because I feel that I was there and I've had a long journey to get to where I was and lots of bumps in the road. And so that's why I love connecting with people. You know, my favorite thing in the world is to get that email from the reader and hear their story or hear that question and be able to maybe provide some guidance when I can. And when I don't, when I don't know, I tell people I don't know. But um, I, I like to be open with that. You know? Makes it all worthwhile, doesn't it, doing yeah, this? Yeah, it, it does. It sure does. Well, listen, since the phone call interrupted, you know, I was kind of starting the podcast and, and surprised to have you on the phone. Why don't we just close it out together? You know how we end these things every time. Mm-hmm. Enjoy, enjoy the journey, right? Enjoy the journey. <laughs> <laughs> you have a great trip to Italy, my friend. Thanks for Thank calling. Thank you, Thomas. Thank you, Thomas. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. The opinions on this podcast are those of the host based on personal experience only and are not intended as medical or psychological advice. If you are experiencing symptoms that require professional treatment, please contact a licensed medical practitioner. The stories and opinions expressed on this podcast are independently those of the host and guests and are not intended to be taken as medical advice or to replace medical care from a licensed professional when appropriate.